it's either Jalen Walker because it was number 11. I was like, it's either Jalen Walker or Muse is so small that he makes Arian Smith look that big. <laughs> yes. Welcome to My Got a Podcast. I'm Jim Wood. In this episode, John Powell and I review Georgia's 45-3 win over Ball State. We talk about our experiences on Saturday and what stood out to us during the game. As always, remember to check out the newly redesigned MyGotAPodcast.com to see our latest merch. And you can follow us on social media at MyGotAPodcast. Finally, we'd love for you to check out our presenting sponsor, Oxiatime, at Oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. Now, let's join the conversation in progress. John, how was your uh, birthday weekend? Uh, it was pretty good, man. Um, kind of uneventful because uh, I've got, you know, we had homecoming, we had the football game, uh, yeah. basically watched football for my birthday. Um, and then we had um, my daughter, you know, she, she has the same birthday as I do. Um, we had kind of had that going on as well. So uh, brother-in-law came over, the, you know, his kids and his wife came over on Saturday. We watched the game. We, I cooked wings again because we were playing the Cardinals. Nice. Um, <laughs> it just happened that I had an extra bag of 10 pounds of wings or 20 pounds of wings. I can't remember how much it was. Um, and uh, just ended up cooking another batch of wings. Nice. What was, I know you guys did like a birthday twin lunch date or dinner date or something on Friday. And I remember you sending an amazing food picture. What was that? <laughs> I we went to this new restaurant over here on West in West Cobb called Walk-Ons, which I guess is like a Drew Brees, like I don't know, it's like a Louisiana bistro kind of thing. Okay. Which is great because the spot that it opened in over by us is like, I don't know, it's been cursed. Like there's just been a rotating a rotating restaurants every like year, I feel like. Mm. Nothing ever sticks. They've all been terrible. And <laughs> this one is actually really good um so okay. we're super stoked about it so i had wanted to go there for dinner she wanted to go to uh like hibachi or something for dinner so we compromised and we did asian in the evening and we did the bistro um during like late a late lunch it was like a real late lunch yeah. um but i had a shrimp po boy it was a shrimp po boy yeah good. that's right yeah it looked amazing it was pretty solid not gonna lie everything i've had there has been pretty pretty good nice well, that's cool. That's cool. Glad, glad that went well. Um, I ended up, I, well, I, I stayed here. I know I, I did. I can't even remember if I had decided for sure if we were going to go to the game or not. We basically made the decision like Friday um, or Thursday night to, to stay at home, not go. So stayed around here. Um, and then I spent my Saturday morning getting my TV set up. Um, Cause we had talked about like, the good games they were coming on and everything. So I got my multi TV thing going. Uh, it was the first time to try out my new setup with my like removable mounts uh, mm-hmm. for college football. So that was fun. So yeah, same thing sat around, uh, did college football like all day, T- took a break for some uh, TV watching a little bit in the evening. Um, and then went back and kind of finished the night out on the porch. Uh, Lily stayed up with me uh, watching pack 12 after dark. Um, and we lit a fire. <laughs> <laughs> and did that to kind of finish off the day. So it was a good day. Uh, Pondas being that was made at the house um, <laughs> to have. That was our, our during during the game meal. Um, and I, I know I sent a picture of it to you today. The salsa, it is Garden Fresh Gourmet. That's the salsa brand 
then I think Jack's special is the kind or something. So I had a laughing podcast moment uh, at Harris Teeter today when I was grocery shopping and sending that picture. So <laughs> that's what was going yeah. on. There. that's that's amazing yeah i'm i'm glad you sorted out your salsa your salsa problems (laughs) yes yes (laughs) i remember the setup you have so they're they're removable mounts i guess i didn't realize that they were removable i was actually wondering that i'll have to like show you exactly what i did yeah so i put um they are called anchor bolts um they're in like the posts on the sides of our our fireplace out there Mm-hmm. Um, so it's basically like a screw on one end and then a bolt on the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so they sit there full time and then I have hex nuts that cover them. So they just took, there's just like two like little nubs on each, um, post when I remove the TVs and I got these, I have a mount from Amazon or like, I got just like an Amazon basics, you know, uh, arm mount that I place onto those bolts. And then I use, uh, uh, like wing nuts to, to keep it intact. So it's hard to, I'm sure like talking through it is super confusing. I kind of have to show you, but I basically have those same bolts like in my office. So I actually take like the, I have a TV mount on the wall in my office. I remove it from the wall and I put it outside. And then same thing with the other one. I don't have two in my office there. The other one's in like the guest bedroom. So I do that. And uh, so I've actually already moved them back. So like my TV's back in my office right now. I did that today after the, uh, the late NFL games were over. So that's hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. So yeah, I had three games going like all day because uh, I've got my antenna runs out there. Um, so I try to just watch, you know, local over the air games on those um, to uh, leave the streaming bandwidth, you know, for the Georgia game on SEC Network. So, but it, it worked out. It worked out pretty good. Good times. Um. So like, you know, obviously the main thing to talk about with the game is that Joey Chestnut was there to call the dogs. Like what was <laughs> Is that the main is it the main thing? <laughs> no, that's not the main thing. <laughs> I was wondering like what the, what like what uh that that can't, I, I was messaging the thread today because I saw I didn't realize it before or during the game and I didn't see any social posts about it, but like yeah, Joey Chestnut was there and I was like, wait, what what? Yeah, I, I knew because like when he when he called the dogs, my sister texted me and was like, oh, my gosh, Joey Chestnut, because like Fourth uh, of July, it's like an annual family tradition. We watch the hot dog contest at the, at the beach. <sighs> so uh, she was like, oh, my gosh, Joey Chestnut is here. So we were all texting about it. So that was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Other than, you know, Georgia and Joey Chestnut are both really good at what they do. I don't know of any other connection so that was super random no i buried yeah, seriously the lead. i buried the lead i think the main thing to talk about is that like I, I feel like we should just get straight to it that we have an unofficial official wide receiver of the podcast i think it's at this point it's pretty it's pretty official i think it's official yeah. so it's time we're t- we're ready to announce it we we got when uh you know there were multiple tweets that came out uh from the podcast account you know, initially just after the opening kickoff return was awesome by Muse. And then when the punt return happened for the touchdown, like, uh, again, you know, usually we get the notifications during the game, like, Hey, something just happened. Make a GIF. Uh, this time the notifications were like, he has to be the unofficial official wide receiver. What are you guys waiting on? So, uh, <laughs> we, we, so then I'm, I was like, I was like, I texted you. Cause I was like, I didn't want to just tweet it from the account uh before confirming with you so remember like i texted you and i was like john can't we say this like is he the unofficial official like 
you know, can we say this? And uh, I waited until you responded before uh, the tweet went out. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, we gotta we gotta make a game time decision. We're uh, we're, hope, we're we've been hopeful about Lad, um, right, right, right. At this point, he seems to be, as Kirby mentioned, day to day. So he's got yeah. some catching up to do. Right, right. But I mean, <laughs> so not n- not only we had that. So let's see the the punt return. The kickoff to return right at the beginning of the game. Um, he had another punt return that like he almost got loose on. Um, mm-hmm. and then just kind of like icing on the cake after the game in the post-game interview, we find out that Mike Bobo gave Makai Muse the nickname Waffle House because he's always open. <laughs> <laughs> he's always open, always reliable. Oh my gosh. So yeah. That's that's perfect. I think yeah. that was that was like the that was like the, the icing on the cake. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, well, yeah, he was definitely, you know, a bright spot on Saturday. I think really kind of like sparked the team. Um, I mean, initially I thought so out of the gate, right, with the opening kickoff return was an amazing return. Um, mm-hmm. The offense actually looked pretty good on the first drive until yeah. the till it bogged down, you know. Until we get to the in, in the red zone and the goal line, it seems like that, that, that like the red zone and the goal line is this team's Achilles heel right now. It seems like, yeah. Um, and I know, which, like, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, which is not going to bode very well as the season progresses into the difficult, more difficult parts of the season. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, that's kind of been, I'm just, like, if you're saying, you know, dang it, Bobo kind of thing. I mean, it's been a recurring problem over the last few years. I mean, remember, like, even in 21, you know, it was like we've rolled the jumbo package out there. Sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't. Um, but we would struggle in the red zone at times. All, last year, it wasn't so much a struggle. Well, it was like touchdown or, or versus field goal because our, our scoring percent was crazy high. Um, but, it, yeah, I don't know, kind of bogged down. And then, uh, you know, the Beck, Beck fumble wasn't great. Uh, I think had the ball in the wrong hand, um, probably trying to do a little too much with his legs. Um, and then the missed field goal, you know, next play. So kind of stalled everything out. And then we looked a little out of sorts until the punt return. Right. I think uh, the other thing that was going on early that I was noticing, like we were running a lot of like lateral plays offensively. And like, we were just missing the blocks, like things that probably should have worked, but it was like, you know, either wide receiver or a tight end or somebody was missing their block in the perimeter. And that like, I, I, again, I think they were probably, I didn't see it as much on Twitter. I guess Twitter wasn't as bad to me. Maybe it just wasn't looking as much, but as it was, as like sitting in the stadium around like dang it, Bobo stuff. I'm sure it was going on, but I, I, I feel like it was hear, execution. So I, I didn't hear quite as many. Yeah. It definitely seemed like it was more. Um, I, I think it was more execution related. Like there were some, you know, some passes that, you know, Beck probably should have connected on. Um, I mean, I, 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 there's not, there wasn't a whole lot that I feel like you could really complain about. Um, you know, when you look at Beck's, like, you know, his numbers, I think he had, what was he, he was 23 of 30, 283 um, yards, a couple yep. touchdowns and and one interception, which I yeah. guess I, I must've been, I haven't, I haven't looked at the, the replay again. I haven't watched the game again because admittedly, like I was, uh, in the second half, um, I was in the midst of of getting wings prepared. The game, <laughs> the game was already in hand. 
And that yeah. was in the midst of getting wings in hand. We saw the second quarter. So at that point, it was like 31 to nothing. So at halftime, I jumped in to like get all the food ready so that I wasn't scrambling at like six o'clock. So um, anyway, um, I feel yeah. like I missed his interception. You know what? I de- I definitely saw it, but I have not rewatched the game. Um, so I'm totally, <laughs> totally blanking on what happened. Um, like it doesn't stand out to me. The fumble to me, I'll say this because like that's what, definitely like oh geez, yeah, like that sticks out to me. The interception doesn't, for whatever it's worth. <laughs> Probably because we were up by like crazy. Oh, I know. I remember what it was now. I remembered. Okay. Um, okay. So it was a play where it looked like we had a free play. And I think Beck thought we had a free play. Oh, that's right. I do remember that. Yeah. 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 So he threw it up. He threw like a fade to, I think it was to Dylan Bell down the sideline. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had to fight. It was definitely like a jump ball kind of situation, uh, like back shoulder fade, I guess maybe kind of play. Um, and it was juggled like bell got his hands on it. Um, and then it was, uh, intercepted off a deflection. So, yeah, I remember thinking that it looked weird because he kind of just threw it up there. Like, and it didn't seem like it was a, you know, there are a couple of situations. So there's one, there was one, uh, one play in the early in the first half, in the first half there, we, he did a little swing pass out to, I can't remember which running back it was, but he like basically took a check down and he had Brock Bauer streaking over the middle, like wide open. And if he just yeah. drops it into the bread basket, it's a, it's a walk-in touchdown for Brock Bowers. I think yeah. he also had someone else that was open on that, on that route too. Um, so yeah. basically he had a lot of opportunities to air it out deep on an arm punt situation, but like, mm-hmm that seemed like a really strange opportunity to to take there. I don't know if there was, did Kirby ever like talk about that in the press conference or anything like that? I haven't seen anything about it, but to me, I felt like there was a huge change in the second quarter. Um, now you remember, uh, you know, watching at home, like yelling at my TV. Um, there was a deep ball that he did throw in the second quarter where like, you know, he dropped back, he had great, a great pocket. And I remember like yelling at my TV, like let it rip. And he did. <laughs> it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there we go. And I felt like from that point on, everything was fine. I don't know. Like it, like everyone just looked a little off at the beginning. And then, uh, you know, second quarter on, uh, Beck looked different. Really, everybody did. So I chalk it up. I chalk it up to the, uh, yeah, I chalk it up to the fact that they are just still kind of getting their, their wits about them. The running back core being banged up again. Um, yeah. I mean, we saw, uh, even even along the offensive line, like they're like Austin Blasky was was injured, right? So um some of the rotations were were kind of mixed up too. So um you had some of that going on. Um all you got Marcus Rosemary Jack Saint is now back in the mix at the wide receiver position. So he's got to work his way into the rotation too. Yeah. Um trying to think what else. Uh, obviously Lad being out. Um yeah, yeah I mean everybody just is kind of still kind of finding their way and you know uh, all things being equal if you would told me before the before the game that we'd be up 31 nothing at halftime like would you have taken that deal and i would have been like yeah absolutely despite the fact that zero points were scored in the in the first quarter um you know <laughs> you can't you know like i said if you if you're put a blindfold on 31, nothing at halftime. Like you probably would have taken that deal. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the other thing, not to harp on it, but I'm going to harp on it. I don't like the new clock rules. The first quarter went by like super fast. There weren't a lot of plays. Um, I think we had two drives and the first quarter was over. Um, and Kirby actually said that in the sideline interview. He was like, well, we only got two drives. <laughs> I, I thought that was kind of funny. So here's here's a couple of things that I'll say with that. Number one, this is a stat that I haven't seen any really, I haven't seen any media members talking about this. There was one post on week one that someone made that I posted about that I was like, you know, basically there is, I can't remember the stats, but either way, regardless of what the, what the numbers were, it was just very clearly obvious that there was less football being played because of these rules. Yeah. Yep. And that's what I've been worried about was like, what, you know, how, how much of this is going to change everything. And, you know, of course, you know, <laughs> Dog Quan, <laughs> Ross Rutledge kind of chimed in. I was like, oh, the math isn't mathing for me on that. And <laughs> he kind of chimed, he kind of chimed in with his own stats, which basically showcased that, yes, there's less football being played on the whole, but it wasn't nearly as stark as what was originally being presented. Okay. And I told him, I said, you know, we're going to have to have him on a future episode of my got a podcast to talk through this. Cause um, as the numbers start to build, as the weeks roll on and we get into more, you know, quote unquote, tougher games uh, being rostered on the, on the, on the, on the schedule that, you know, there's one side of things that's, that's probably saying like, okay, the beginning of this season, pretty much everybody from the big 10, you know, the, the SEC, like all all these teams are basically playing cupcakes, right? Like everybody's mm-hmm. playing these tune-up games. You have the, the outliers like the Texas and the Alabama and, you know, Auburn and Cal, all those kinds of things. Yeah. But for the most part, everybody's playing, you know, cupcakes right now because we're all playing, playing tune-ups. And then as you get into the October and November, that's when you probably start to have a more, a bigger body of, of work in terms of that. And it does concern me because if you have a team like Georgia, that's a slow starter and you have a game that's being sped up by the clock, like mm-hmm. that makes the margin of error for us to get up to speed very uh, much smaller than it was in, in years past. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it's, it's doing what they intended, right? Cause like I was saying, you know, preseason, I, my understanding is the reasoning is, or part of the reasoning is, um, the season's getting longer. And so they want to reduce, you know, basically balance that out and have less plays per game. So that the, so the players aren't playing more football. And I think everyone thinks that it's going to result in actual shorter games. Um, but TV is filling that time with commercials. So it's not really changing the actual length of the game. It's just uh, reducing the amount of plays. So at any rate. Yeah, no, it's definitely something that's, that's top of mind for sure. Yeah. Um, we We've got it. We've got to come out. I'm hoping that one of these games that we have coming up here that we're going to come out guns blazing from the, from the first bell yeah, and, um, you know, put a team out of its misery in the first quarter and have a Kirby death march in the second quarter. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So I, I want to go back to something that I thought you were going to say earlier. Um, we were talking about back early and you said you were going to chalk it up to, and I thought you were going to chalk it up to your conspiracy theory. What do you mean? I mean, I know I have my conspiracy theory, but how does that apply to to Beck in this situation? On what? No, your other conspiracy. Your conspiracy theory specifically about this game in his wristband. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So so at the beginning of the game, Carson Beck was like he came out and he didn't have his armband on. He didn't have his play, the play call wristband that 
basically yeah. everybody reads. So they, they take the signal from the sideline, they take a look at their wrist, and then they they they, they get the play, and then they he, he kind of quarterbacks it out, right? Well, at the beginning of the game, I noticed that he didn't have that on, and he was looking on to the running back that was standing next to him, and I can't remember who who was the running back at the time, but yeah. you could kind of see him. He was like, you know, he was like cheating on a on a on a test or something like that. Like, what what is the test? What, what we got here? And then in the second half, he actually had his wristband on. So I, I don't I don't know, man. Like, it just struck me as really weird. Yeah. It was very strange to see him doing that in the middle of the game. And it almost looked like he wasn't, like, prepared. Like, mm-hmm. he just didn't get dressed with it, almost like you forget your socks or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's just something that you just come out with. And so I don't know, like, what the deal was with that. I wish that someone would ask Kirby about it because I noticed it very clearly on the broadcast. Um, But obviously, you know, the second half rolled around. Maybe they, maybe they got it together in the second quarter, but um, yeah, he definitely did not appear like he had all of the assets that's available to him to, to be ready for the game. Right. Which Which was kind of alarming, you know, really like you're, you're a D1 athlete. You're, You've been there for how long? And if it if it really is that he just forgot to put it on, like that's just kind of a red flag. I I just remember though that part of your uh your conspiracy theory angle of it was that it was part of the man- manufactured adversity. Yeah, 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 manufactured <laughs> adversity. Hey, go so play, on. go out there and play without your your wristband. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Go out there. Yeah, like they told the equipment team, like, hey hold back the hold back his wristband and let's see if he notices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. Okay. So anyways, I, I wanted to, I wanted to make sure we, uh, <laughs> I forgot we talked about, about that. It. <laughs> <laughs> see, it's a good, it's a good thing. I was, uh, I, I took some, I took some notes. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Uh, no, that was definitely a big one. That was, that was definitely one. I, I imagine that not a lot of people noticed that. I didn't. I had no clue. But like, I remember like you brought it up, and I know like John, John tweets for it's like like he had noticed it too. I don't know it's something like all the Johns recognize it. I uh, <laughs> I did not recognize it. I did not notice that at all. So that was a good uh, good catch by you guys. Um, I guess the other thing, like in that, so in the second quarter explosion, we did get to see something. I don't know what to make of it at this point. I got like really excited initially, and that was seeing Dylan Bell play running back. Um, I mean, his touchdown run, I like really liked, like it was like electric, just the way he was like kind of slashing, knifing through the defense. I had one of those moments where I was like, oh yes, like this is what, you know, we're, what we're talking about, um, getting him in there, having like a, a, a shifty back. So, you know, I mean, he didn't end up with, a with any like eye popping stats, I guess, um, at the running back position. Um, but no one really did um either but i mean so he ended up with what three carries for 28 yards and a touchdown uh with a long of 21 so it was that 21 yard touchdown so that was pretty sweet um i don't know i guess the other thing we were what we were talking about um in the conversation before we hit record um i did notice that he played dylan bell played less snaps in this game so you know he was in a lot as a receiver in the opener um against ut martin so i do wonder you know, I guess it felt more like he really was a running back this game. I mean, he lined up at receiver, you know, but so did Kenny McIntosh at times, right? Um, 
So I don't know, but that was, that was interesting. So something we'll want to keep watching there for sure. Cause I don't, I mean, obviously would prefer to just get Dejan back, but we don't know when that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I think that part of the, part of the situation is, you know, there's just so many targets to go around. They had like what, 12 or 13 different receivers with the reception. Let's see. Yeah. It's, it was, it was crazy. Um, there was a lot of receivers to get to pass. Yeah, twelve. I think twelve different receivers um, caught a, caught a pass. So that's twenty four attempts. You know, that's it's just a lot of a lot of. <laughs> I mean, that's just a lot of spreading the wealth, if you will. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, on paper, you know, he had three carries for twenty eight yards, nine point three <laughs> yards per carry. Um, yeah. I mean that one the one running the one run play was the twenty one yards. So yeah. that accounted for a bulk of his, <laughs> it was, it was of his kind production. Of one. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it was I mean, I don't know that we have a running back that can flash that kind of uh, I'll I'll put it to you this way. It feels like that there's not anybody on the roster currently that can hit a shifty move like Dylan Bell did in that mm-hmm. one play. And yeah. reach top speed and acceleration that quickly. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah, it does. I feel like that he is much more explosive in in space. So, yeah, given the the conversations that we've had, I mean, I mean, shoot, you know, Kendall Milton averaged two point six yards per carry. I know he's got the you know the hamstring and all that stuff, but like you know, Robert Robinson looked pretty decent. You know, he averaged six point three yards a carry. Um, I thought he looked a lot better this week than last week. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, I I don't know, man. Uh, There's just not a lot of yards after contact happening with some of these guys, and Dylan Bell's making people miss. So Mm. I think I'll take it. I I would love to see him get more action if um, if he can put on if he can put on performances like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I was I was super excited about it preseason. We didn't see it week one. We saw it this time. So. I don't know. Well, I will just keep, we'll have to just keep watching for that to see, uh, see where that goes. Um, trying to think here. Uh, oh, actually, so something we didn't really talk about, like, I mean, the absence of Brock Bowers, I mean, you know, like one catch that was kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, I told you that, uh, you know, some of these, some of these, uh, you, these early games, like I kind of wanted to see him get more involved in the offense, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, that one catch just seemed kind of weird. I, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> you yeah. think that they would figure out ways to get him the ball, but um, maybe they're the only thing I can say is that this it's got to be the Kirby Long Con. <laughs> yes. Okay. I mean, you look at we can the, go with that. If you look at the top of the charts, right? So like Rod Robinson, Kendall, or sorry, Dylan Bell. So mm-hmm. those were our leading rushers this week. Last week it was you know Kendall Milton was a big part of big part of it last week. Um. Arian Smith, Oscar Delph, Rara Thomas. Those were our leading receivers in this game. Yeah. Um, those aren't players that you would probably have expected to have been the leading receivers in, in this game, um, given the starting lineup, right? Right. Like, I mean, Mikai Muse, I think that he's a he's kind of a known quantity at this point. Um mm-hmm. he seems like he's going to be involved in the game no matter what. Um, it was great to see Marcus Rosemary Jack Saint get um yeah. you know, get, get some action, uh, get get back into the swing of things. But I feel like maybe they just weren't throwing to Brock because they kind of know what they've got with him. 
Yeah, that's true. Again, again, the manufactured adversity, right? <laughs> right, right. I mean, if you look at the snap counts, especially like on the defensive defensive side, I know someone had pointed this out, but like, you know, it's not the starters who are getting the most snaps. Um, it's, you know, you could look at these and say the rotation is kind of treated scrimmage-like um, with who's playing the most. So, right. yeah, I mean, I guess you apply that to the offense a bit the- as well. Are you familiar with the the Mel Gibson movie We Were Soldiers? Okay, I have not seen that, but I know what you're talking about. I mean, okay. I know of it. So there's a there's a there's a part of that movie where like they're training for all this different stuff, and, and Mel Gibson comes up to one of the guys and like, bang, he's just been shot. You're in charge. What's next? Like it almost feels like they did that to Brock Bauer. Like he's he's gone. He's not a part of the offense. You figure uh, it out. What's next? Right. <laughs> right. Oh, I like that. I like that. Sticking with the manufactured versus, yeah, it could be, could yeah. be cool. Um, let's see. Why don't we Why don't we pause just for a minute, uh, just to remind everyone that season four of My Got a Podcast is presented by Oxia Time. Uh, so Oxia Time is a custom Swiss watch company, and you've got to check out their Georgia 2021 or 2022 national championship collection. Uh, John and I both have the Kairos watch uh, from the 2021 season. Uh, love them. Uh, wear them every game day. Um, so be sure to go check them out at oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. And remember, you can use My Got a Podcast as a code at checkout to get a uh, presentation box to come along with your timepiece. All right. So I I don't know if you want to talk about I I actually had one funny thing or thing that I thought was kind of funny. And then maybe we can we can talk about the defense of it. Um, but on the on the punt return. And this, I don't even remember exactly when this happened. I feel like it was a while later. You texted and you were like, um, who who was that that was blocking for Muse? Like who is running so fast, <laughs> like running with Muse? And like, and it was Jalen Walker, but I was like, it's either Jalen Walker, because it was number 11. I was like, it's either Jalen Walker or Muse is so small that he makes Arian Smith look that big. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So I don't know. There was that. Uh, what was that? We were texting with Kush about that. So, uh, but man, like it, that it, it was pretty crazy to see Jalen Walker moving like that because it definitely was him, by the way. Um, he was yeah. flying. So the the blocking, uh, I will say too, like the way Walker shielded the last guy was pretty awesome, right? Like he ran, turned his back yeah. to the guy, and put his hands up in the air, you know, to show that he <laughs> it wasn't a block in the back. Yeah, That's exactly. That's pretty sweet, <laughs> dude. He was motoring down there. I I, I was very impressed that, that he was you know keeping up it was almost like he had to slow down to make sure that no one was going to catch muse from behind right yeah yeah it was impressive it was impressive um and then the other one i actually i think i meant to talk about this um you were like man these drops in the end zone are killing me um and i think it was dylan bell that had made the drop and coach said well i mean he is a running back like catch him give him a break (laughs) (laughs) yeah seriously Uh, those are my those are my uh, uh, funny texts uh, of the game to me. <laughs> Both those just uh, cracked me up. So had to relay that. Had to relay that. Um, I don't know. I guess I mean the the defense. You know the you talk about like thirty one to nothing in half. Even when you talk about a zero to zero first quarter, right? Again, we've got the defense pitching a shutout, uh, only giving up three points. I feel like we we've. Um, you know, you were, I think both games, uh, you get to that point where it's like the other team is just, uh, desperately trying to score, you know, like, I, you know, they, they did score, 
but uh, we, we, we've had those moments. Um, you know, the only that came away with, with three points. Um, yep. I don't know, man, like the defense is still, I don't know, it, it does still look like that, like that Georgia defense to me. I mean, that's one thing that you can definitely count on is the is that Kirby Smart's going to throw a defense out there that's going to perform at a high high level. Yeah, I mean, uh, even though even though at times like I remember I remember we were texting um, you know the Dog Central folks, um, you know, multiple folks on the DC thread. I'm curious to see Graham's twelve takeaways. I don't know if he's posted it today. I haven't had a chance to really catch up, but um, I it seemed like that we were getting kind of death by a thousand cuts over the middle um mm. in terms of our defense you know just it just felt like that they had lots of open space over the middle versus us um which i'm assuming kirby and and you know schumann and boom are gonna see that and hopefully you know take steps to address it because that could that could come into a big problem with um you know as we get deeper into the schedule and some of these teams that have better wide receivers that could potentially, you know, catch the ball in open space and give us more, more of a fit. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I definitely, uh, I had another, like, you know, a moment of frustration on uh, a deep ball uh, that they threw like down the left sideline. And I was like, Oh man, that guy's wide open. However, that was the play that Malachi Starks got his interception. I mean, it's so amazing to watch. Like you're sitting there like, oh my gosh, the receiver's so open. And then you see Malachi Starks just fly across the, you know, for me on the TV screen. I'm, I I can't imagine what that looked like in the stadium. Um, I'm kinda, <laughs> I, I actually kind of want, I, I actually, I need to talk to my dad to see what that looked like from in the stadium because where our seats are like in the end zone. I mean, he comes flying across the field and just like erases the play and intercepts yeah. it. I mean, it was unbelievable. Is is Malachi Scarks is, is his nickname the Eraser? I mean, yeah, I mean it. I think it it should be. I mean, <laughs> he, he's been doing that. And you brought that up in the first game, right? Where even with like tackles, right? Like guys get around the edge and you're frustrated, and then Malachi Starks just comes flying down the field and erases that too and tackles the guy. You know, um, I because I I don't know. I, I mean, he's been. I feel like his physicality has increased since his freshman season. You know I mean? Oh, he yeah. was, he's definitely was always the ball Hawk. And I'm not saying like he didn't hit last year, but you know, I mean, we're, you know, we had like scene, right. You had seen and then Christopher, Christopher Smith. Um, and I felt like we'd be getting that from Bullard shifting over, but to see Starks get his helmet in there and do that too, has been pretty cool. Agreed. Agreed. Other things that uh, that you saw, I know from my end, um, you know, our, our Caucasian brethren are, are showing out. Uh, you got Oscar Delve, you got Cash Jones, you got Carson Beck. I don't know. Yeah. Is there is there a um, is there a new law firm name in there somewhere? Like Ooh. Jones, mm. the Jones, Beck Jones and Delph or <laughs> something along those lines. Oh, we may have to hmm, hmm. we have to see if there can be a new law firm. Hmm. <laughs> Okay, I'm struggling. I'm struggling, but we can. I bet. I bet. I bet we can work that out. <laughs> uh, um, I was thinking too. Uh, on the defensive side, you know, you got uh, Chaz Chambliss with the crazy uh, off oh, the yeah. off the yeah. foot interception. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was nuts. I, I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen anything like that before. That that was insane. Like. I think that's actually the point where uh, we were sitting at our table, like eating bean dip. And when that happened, like I was watching it and I didn't, it like didn't register, 
with me immediately. <laughs> like, when it just happened, I was like, wait, how did that, that, like, that couldn't have been an interception. Like, that can't, like, you know, like, I was waiting for that to be a review and the ball hit the ground or something. Yeah, uh, seriously. You know, and they showed the replay. It's like, no, yeah, that's exactly what happened. So, I don't know. Mm, we had like, is that legal? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, we had like two, to, the one to uh, Tyke Smith's interception also had a, kind of a, a deflection there as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I, I I love what I'm seeing out of the defense. Um, you know, continuing to get after it. I don't know. It's it, it's like they just they just kind of do what they do. <laughs> I always feel weird like not even really being able to analyze analyze it because like yeah, that's just kind of what I expect from the defense at this point. So uh, I'll give you I'll give you a couple of things to to think about and ponder um, okay. on the defense. Zero zero sacks. Hmm. That is concerning to me. Um, we had, you know, six tackles for loss. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, you know, when we're going through and I know that we'll get to coaches over unders, but like, I think one of them, he had a, I think one of them was, it was a sack number. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember when you, when he, when you asked that question on the, on the preview episode, I was like, if anything has to do with sacks, I'm going with the under because this, t- <laughs> this team has not shown that they can get to the quarterback yet. And if you can't get to the quarterback on Ball State, I, I don't know, man. I, I, we may just be designed to just allow the secondary to feast and the linebackers to feast and the defensive line is to just not allow any rushing yards because – that that was something else that was was also noticeable too. You know the the Cooper the Cooper guy, right? He only had eight yards rushing. Mm. They had seventy seven yards rushing as a team. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, basically, they had to rely on their passing game, and that wasn't very good either. So you you have a, a line that's that's holding them uh, on the rush, and you have a secondary that's holding them on the pass, and it's kind of like, well, we'll just kind of wait for them to make a mistake, and then we'll get off the field and and off we go. Like it doesn't seem like havoc is a huge aspect here. I would imagine that if Kirby were, were looking at the havoc plays here, that they probably wouldn't be um, up to the standard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think in this one, the turnovers probably offset that. I, I do know like in general, I don't know, we don't um, like, if you think about like a guy like Jermaine Johnson, right? Like what we asked him to do at Georgia versus what he went and did at Florida state. Um, yeah, they're asking you to do something different there on the on the end there. Um, we're more about like holding the edge and sealing the edge than you know always pinning back and rushing the passer and getting the the gaudy sack numbers. So I think that's part of it. But yeah, that's definitely something to keep to keep an eye out for, um, especially as you know as the level of competition goes up. Yep. Cool. Um, let's see. On that note, on the level of competition. Uh, the spread on this game, you know, we joked when we were doing our picks, like, oh my gosh, the spread is so high. Uh, spread was 42 and a half. We won by 42. All I'm going to say there is that is why I do not gamble. I can't, uh, I can't, <laughs> I, I can't imagine, you know, like winning a game 45 to three and being like, oh, but we didn't cover. <laughs> so I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I, 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 I couldn't deal with that. Um, one other fun fact on this, and uh, I shout out to the Bulldog Brunch. I, I heard this in the Bulldog Brunch today. Uh, 45 to three was a Georgia scoregami. So Georgia had never won a game 45 to three before this game ever. I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. 
So that's one, uh, that was one of our season long over unders with coach was, uh, or it was a bonus. Remember we, 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 uh, did over under on how many Georgia scorigamis would happen this season. Uh, so that's one, one has happened. I want to, uh, speaking of like interesting numbers and, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, I just, I just touched on it just a second ago about the, the sacks. And I was just curious so in the background, I was just kind of searching to see if I can find anything on Havoc rates, but I did stumble across a very interesting stat that's related to that. What I, what I was concerned about. Okay. Georgia ranks 115th in the country in terms of percent of sacks. Hmm. Okay. Um, it's, it's interesting. Again, kind of under the umbrella of like, everybody's got the, the tune-up game. So like all things being equal, like we're all playing, you know, these, these lesser opponents kind of stuff. Right. So like, you know, I feel like that number sticks out like a sore thumb in terms of like the the season thus far. Um, you know, there's a there's a number of teams on here that I do not like being associated with: South Carolina, Florida, Clemson, Georgia Tech, LSU. Um, none of these teams have recorded a sack yet. Um, I bet they've all allowed a lot more than ten points over two games, though. Right. <laughs> there's that. There is that. Um, but interestingly, the number one team in the country right now is Arkansas. Interesting. 29%. Interesting. <laughs> huh. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, that's all I got to say for that. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Shout out, Coach Pittman. Yep. It is what it is. Um, yeah. yeah. Tennessee's up there, too. So that'll be interesting as, to watch that play out. Mm. Yeah. And we play them so late. It's so weird. I'm not I'm not used to that. But Yeah, seriously. Uh, unfortunately, we did not come out of the game unscathed. On the injury front, um, so we had what Tyrion Ingram, Dawkins, and then Javon Bullard. So I know Bullard was like Bullard was on uh, or in a walking boot on the sideline. Uh, you know, left what first drive, first or second drive, came out of the game, um, and then showed back up on the sideline in a walking boot. So we'll watch that. We'll see what Kirby says about that in his uh, pre South Carolina press conference. So um, we'll see. We'll see what Kirby says. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, you know. There's a level of competition goes up. Looking forward to get to the SEC. I don't know that I have really anything else to say about this game in particular. Uh, but I was curious, John, unless you have anything else. Uh, could, do you want to talk about uh, some of the other games briefly? Or if you had anything um, else, if you had anything else on this game, hit it. Nothing else on this game. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, on the, on the bigger and better opponents, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Again, not our not our fault. You know, this game, this was supposed to be Oklahoma. <laughs> We were supposed, to, um, we were supposed to play Oklahoma. SEC made us made us cancel it. We can't do anything about that. Um, so yeah. So let's see. So I had when our game wrapped up, I had the I, I basically I did what we talked about. So I watched uh, Tulane Ole Miss, which was a lot of fun. That game was fun for someone like you know. I, I'm just pulling for Hunter, but otherwise, you know, uh, it was not stressful for me. So. So that, that that game was a lot of fun. That was wild. And it got really wild at the end. So that was a good one. Um, and then the uh, the big one at night, Alabama, Texas, definitely delivered. That was fun. It was fun. Um, I watched that game as well. And just, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, Texas, it took, it took Alabama to play probably one of the worst offensive performances I think I've ever seen an Alabama team play. Um, if... If that holds up over the season, like the fact that they don't have an answer at quarterback, it's like, you know, you watch that game and you're like, at some point they're going to try another quarterback, right? 
mm-hmm. and then it doesn't come out like i mean yeah. I, is, yeah. is that really the best that they have <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know i mean there's not um you know, you go back to oh, not to bring it up but you know i mean there two i don't think is on the sideline um this season right so mm-hmm. they don't have like the hurts to a situation exactly uh, right so yeah i don't know i mean like you know milro was uh like he would he flashes right you know i think it's just a consistency thing i'll say like think back to though when we had um so we had we had what we had at least two guests come on in the offseason and predict alabama to lose that game so logan called it um when he came on and then right. even chris even chris marler said it and chris said alabama is not going to have the quarterback situation figured out yet uh by the Texas game and so he 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 felt they would lose so um got to give him credit there and i I don't know. I mean, I think I could see Bill Robe being the answer. I mean, when he takes off and runs, it's electric. He's got an arm. It's just inconsistent. But yeah. he was also getting harassed. I mean, you got to put some of that on the offensive line. Well, well all right. So you say that, like, I mean, we're, we're not an Alabama podcast, but um, yeah. basically, uh, I mean, so, someone's, uh, I can't remember if they said it or if it was just something I made up, but um, he seems like he's Mike Vick. like. Mm. literally every snap he takes he's looking to he's looking to run so yeah like, someone someone did say he was doing his mike vick impression or something right he doesn't he doesn't allow the play to develop and like immediately just like leaves the pocket and if you leave the pocket too early um or if you run right into a sack kind of situation like that's not the offensive line that's the quarterback just like panicking and not trusting and, his line yeah yeah or or not trusting his team to like do or he just sees an opening that really isn't there i don't know it seems like it's going to be a a hit or a miss situation i mean the plays were definitely there um because he had open receivers he was just missing them yeah and it's just uncharacteristic of an alabama quarterback to miss those types of plays um when we're so used to seeing them them hit uh, which is why it's just weird like you know they brought in that guy from notre dame Mm -hmm. um you figure someone can come in and make some of those throws because i mean the the stigma of the alabama quarterback has always been with the exception of like the tua and the bryce youngs recently like it's been you know you're going to succeed and be in the heisman talk and we'll take you to the national championship just don't throw interceptions Mm. like Mm. the game manager the, the 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 mcelroy and the yeah um I can't remember some of the other guys, but John like, Parker like, Wilson, John Parker Wilson. Yeah. Like these guys weren't, they weren't like super athletic guys that like can, you know, sling the ball around and run, run four two forties kind of stuff. They just, yeah. they just kind of sit back there in the pocket and just, I mean, Mac Jones, you know, like, I mean, he put big numbers up because he sat there, sat there and made throws. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I am curious because I, I'm thinking back to what, you know, Marler said around like figuring out wouldn't have the quarterback situation figured out yet. So I'm curious, like, what does that, where do they go? Um, I wouldn't expect to change, at least not, you know, not right away. But what does figuring the quarterback situation out mean? I mean, so we'll find if, out, you know, if you didn't see a quarterback change in the Texas game, I don't know that you ever will. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. The, the super, it was I mean, how surreal was it at the end, though, when they were like trading touchdowns and it was Jermaine Burton and A.D. Mitchell back and forth? That was that, so it was so weird. 
So that was weird. That was that definitely was weird. I I found myself just like, man, like Georgia is just built building these teams, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> built by Georgia, literally. <laughs> yeah, built by Georgia. Like they wouldn't they wouldn't have the, their success if it wasn't for Kirby Smart and the University of Georgia, right? Because yeah, I think Graham was talking about that. Ad Mitchell was a three star recruit, and now he's catching passes against Alabama and you know putting them to bed again. Yeah. Um, yeah. The and the other thing that was interesting was like I feel like that there was like this collective like just nod to everybody like we all just felt different about Jermaine Burton versus Ad Mitchell. <laughs> yes, I've, yeah, which I found palp- myself which was palpable on on the, on the timeline. Yeah, I definitely found myself uh, pulling for Ad in that uh, in the battle of transfer receivers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it was it was uh it I'll, it was it was a little painful. It uh, I'm still not over it. Ad, why? I'm I'm not, I'm still a little hurt. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, eh, it is what it is. I'll say he though, probably come, he probably comes down with that back pass <laughs> that, that was intercepted. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh well. Oh well. That's the new era of college football, I guess. Um, I don't know though. Like I don't know. We'll have to see how the season plays out. Cause at this point, you know, you got Alabama and LSU both with a loss. Um, however, having said that, both non-conference losses. So they're both still undefeated in the SEC. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it still comes down to those two, but uh I don't know. The West is kind of open, I guess. Yeah. I mean, uh, open in terms of like you think that you think that Alabama's gonna lose more games or open as far as what? I felt like, well, I was the next year, like this would be an SEC loss, but this is just a loss, right? Like the, if, exactly. they win, if they win every game, like, you know what I mean? Like everything's still, everything's still in their purview. They may have just lost a little bit of control over the, the, the playoff picture. Right. But, but the same, I guess my point is, is the same is true for LSU, right? Like neither have an, uh, neither have a conference loss at this point. Right. right so right, right. you still got all these undefeated teams in the West. So in the, in the conference. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. That was all. That was all. I would say Ole Miss probably jumped out to an early lead, right? Cause they have, a, they have a non-conference top 25 win. <laughs> True. There we go. Shout out Hunter again. <laughs> uh, cool, man. Well, uh, yeah, I, uh, I was sitting out, uh, like I said, Lily and I made a fire out, out on the porch, uh, watched the end of that game and watched uh, a little bit of Pac-12 after dark and then off to bed. So. It was right. a good. It was a good. It was a good weekend at college football. It was fun. It was a good weekend of football. Um, I was gonna I, say the other thing that was good. Our new store launched. So oh, yes, I had I had mentioned it, and then I I was a hold up on something to get it out there. So it is out there. So if you uh, we've talked about the redesigned my got a podcast. Uh, you know, there's a link at the top of it. My got a podcast. My got a podcast dot com. You can click the store link. We're just go to my got a podcast dot com slash store. Um, much more interactive. There's more on there than we had on the old one. A lot of different uh, color choices, etc. So the new hats are there. We got some new shirts there. Uh, we got sweatshirts. Uh, so go check it out. Um, and thanks again to Working Web Media for helping us uh, get all get all that set out. Um, like we said, if you need any uh, help with your online presence, go check them out. WorkingWebMedia.com/slash/dogs. Awesome. Appreciate it. It's uh, it's nice to have a, a proper store back again. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So the new the new hats are there. Uh, go check it out. Go check it out. Go pick one up. Yes. 
All right, man. Uh, I don't know. Any other, any other final thoughts? I think we hit, we hit through everything that, uh, that I wanted to, to make sure we touched on. I think we hit through everything. Um, did we talk about the over-unders? Oh gosh. Coaches over-unders. Oh, of course you want to talk about that. Don't you, John? <laughs> uh, so storming back uh, to be, you know, after trailing after week one uh, this week, uh, let's see what you went, what, seven and one um to get caught up with me so now i went five and three uh you went seven and one um so now we are tied at ten and six for the season uh so quite the bit of movement i you know i'm mr consistent i actually got the same overall score both two weeks uh john not so much turned it around well done well done john i went i went aggressive (laughs) you even what did i miss what did i miss i wonder i don't even know you know, we probably have to ask coach because I don't, I would have to go and like look at each one. I know that uh, you missed one of the offensive questions. Mm-hmm. Um, we both went two and one on the offense. And so what I don't know is did we missed the same question. I don't think we answered everything the same for the offense. So we probably both missed uh, something different. So uh, I don't know. Coach Texas, let us know. Let us know what John missed. I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> but you only missed the one. Only missed the one. That's pretty impressive, man. Because those aren't easy. Obviously. So I know. Coach I'm just is- excited that I'm above 500. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just excited. I, I'm not letting you run away with this early, like a, like a college football final against TCU. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks again to coach Joe Bill. You know, we used to always joke that uh, we're not going to track anything, but uh, coach checks them for us now. So yeah. man, I can't believe I almost forgot to review that. Jeez. It's because I got my butt kicked. <laughs> oh man so we got uh we got bizarro south carolina coming to town right usc got, junior got that next yeah we'll we'll be back what tomorrow to talk about that um and uh i i know i know this one always holds a special place for you john uh i know you have some uh extra disdain for the gamecocks so i'm sure we'll be discussing <laughs> that when we, when we preview them Yes. More to nice. come. More to come. Nice. All right, man. Well, glad you had a good birthday weekend. Um, sounds like homecoming was a went well. Uh good time with everyone. And uh well dogs stay number one, still undefeated, uh, ready to get into SEC play. Yes, yes. And our third consecutive home game. Yeah. It, it is weird. It is it, <laughs> it's it, weird. It, it is weird. Well, let's you know what let's uh let's talk about that in the preview because that there's there is some interesting stuff with that. So we'll, okay. save, that. Okay. we'll save that for next time. Got it. Well, uh appreciate it. Uh we'll we'll sync up later this week to, to talk about uh the game cars. All right, man. Awesome. Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs>